Hey everyone, and welcome to The Webline, a podcast about Spider-Man and his amazing world. Here we discuss all aspects of our favorite web-slinger in a fun, informal, but informative forum. I am your humble host, the Spidey Librarian, and I hope you're having a spectacular day as you find your way to this episode. If you're joining the webline on the live stream, be sure to thwip the like button and subscribe to the channel. I'll be interested to hear your thoughts on today's topic, so please be sure to sound off in the chat and let us know how you plan to celebrate Spider-Man Day. Today, I'm excited to bring you another solo installment to talk about the informal holiday we all know and love as Spider-Man Day. This arachnotastic day is when social media goes into overdrive to celebrate our beloved wall crawler's existence and influence on popular culture. I've done a little bit of research on when and how Spider-Man Day as it currently is came to be celebrated, and I'm happy to share my meager nuggets of knowledge with you. We'll also go over some fun facts about the Web Slinger, talk about how this day is celebrated, and sound off on why we love Spider-Man as much as we do. But before we do a daring dive into our timely topic, it's time to dish on the latest spiderific developments with our knockout news segment, The Bugle News Flash. For our first item, in the comics, there is an upcoming Gang War storyline coming to Spider titles in November. This is a thing that just sometimes happens in the comics. The Kingpin and Hammerhead and, you know, sometimes Mr. Negative, Silvermane, whoever else, the Hobgoblin, whoever else decides they want to run the gangs of New York. They want control of, like, all the super-powered organized crime that goes on. And so when they don't get along, there is a gang war, and usually Spidey and some of his more kind of street-level allies get dragged into it. Looks like it'll be kicking off in Amazing Spider-Man and also involve Miles Morales' titles, but there are also going to be tie-ins for Luke Cage, Daredevil, Spider-Woman, and Shang-Chi, and I've also seen She-Hulk in some of like the promotional images for this. I don't know how involved she'll be, but you know, they, they put the they put the Jade Giantess on there just to help drive people in to see it, I guess. Marvel Spider-Man 2 may be delayed or banned in some Middle Eastern countries. You may know a few weeks ago I talked about how Across the Spider-Verse was just kind of like delayed or disappeared or just, you know, like it, it had been gone from certain Middle East countries. It'll probably be those same countries or at least a number of them who decide that there are elements in Marvel Spider-Man 2 as decided that there was at least one element in Across the Spider-Verse that kind of made them go, yeah, no, we're not. We're, we're not going to show this in our movie theaters. And that's sad, but it, it happens. Fans in some of these countries have been unable to order the game. There have been conflicting stories about how when they go to place like a pre-order or something like that on the PlayStation Store in that region, it says availability to be determined, or I think one person claims that they were able to place a pre-order, but then they got their money refunded back to them, and now it's the, the listing is just gone entirely. 
people have reached out to Sony for a comment on this, and there has not been any official response from them. So I don't know what the deal is here, but it seems to be an issue. Last week or a couple weeks ago, we mentioned that the Marvel Spider-Man 2, they were going to be selling these gaming console covers as well as the specialized versions of the of the gaming controllers and it looks like the covers have sold out they are already gone they just went on sale on friday they're already gone now there's the possibility that there will be restocks but i don't know when or how but there are youtube channels and influencers kind of already claiming that they know how to work the system i'm in no position to debate them so maybe they do so I guess keep an eye on those. If you haven't gotten a cover and you still want one, go for it. I myself would really like one. I'd love to get a cover. I'm considering ordering one of the controllers because they're, they look really nice, but um, they ain't cheap either. So it, it kind of depends on what you want to do. And then finally, perhaps the biggest news item of the day is that Sony has updated the release dates of all of its major films. Now, let's just be honest here. We know why this is. We know why this is happening. It's because of the writers and actors strike. The writers and actors have basically grinded everything to a halt on the movie front. And Sony and probably a bunch of the other major studios are going to be kind of... Uh, controlling the rate at which new content comes out and so they've made some changes to the release dates for some of their movies now i'm just going to cover the spider-man ones but i can also say that my uh, i was also looking forward to the sequel to ghostbusters afterlife and that is just that that is that has been pushed back as well it was supposed to come out earlier this year i think we all knew that that wasn't going to happen so now it's been pushed to march 29th which was the release date, the intended release date for Spider-Man Beyond the Spider-Verse. I don't think anyone ever believed that that was actually going to happen, but it's officially been pushed back now. No date for Beyond the Spider-Verse, which again, does not surprise me. With the writers and actors strike, this is going to affect a whole bunch of productions, not just Spider-Man related ones. And uh, I, for one, am cool with it. I'm, I'm like, you know what? Go ahead. Wreck them. Go ahead and do the thing. But other Spider-Man titles that Sony was going to release. Uh, Madam Web has actually got its date pushed up. It was originally going to be released on February 16th, 2024. It has now been pushed up by two days. It will be released on Valentine's Day, February 14th, 2024. There is a third Venom movie that I'm guessing was in development, that is not going to be right now, as long as the actors and writers are striking, nothing is happening. But that third Venom movie has currently has a release date of July 12th, 2024, which to me, I'm just kind of like, wow, I did not expect that. That actually seems very soon. And again, with the writer strike going on, there's just no way to be certain that that is going to be a thing. So, so again, take all of these release dates with a grain of salt. Now, arguably, the film that has been hit the hardest by this, and, oh, God, I, it just does not give me good vibes, is Craven the Hunter. Craven the Hunter was originally going to be released on October 6th of this year in just a couple of months. 
That is no longer the case. It has been delayed now by almost a year. It will now not be released until August 30th, 2024. Now, something that I think the studios are trying to do that I think is particularly scummy is they're saying things like Aaron Taylor Johnson can't promote Craven the Hunter, but audiences can. And I, I have big issues with this. I, I think it's really stupid for them to kind of ask us to do their promo work for them. So I'm just kind of like, you know what? You guys are getting what you deserved. I realize people may have different opinions than me about the writer's strike, but I also happen to think that a lot of the people who are striking have really good reasons to do so. And the studios, they're the ones with all the money. They're the, you know, if they gave up like maybe 2% of the pie, they would basically be able to fill the writers and actors guild demands and they are choosing not to. So in my opinion, I feel like they're getting what they deserve. And I feel like the longer that these dates get pushed back, the more upset people will become with the studios, and hopefully that will put some pressure on them to do the right thing and actually give a listen to the writers' and actors' demands. But anyways, we will see what happens. I'm not going to lie. I wasn't terribly excited about the... Craven the Hunter trailer. I mean, it's very violent and it's very bloody. And I'm sure there's there are a certain number of people who think that's going to be really cool and edgy. I'm not into the violence for the sake of violence. But, um, you know, like I was trying to take in the other elements of the story and I was not really encouraged. The fact that they are delaying it tells me that they don't have very much confidence in the way that the film is. And I think I saw one YouTuber say that, you know, I'm, I'm getting real Morbius vibes here. And at this point in time, it is really hard to debate anyone on that. Like, yeah, we, we could get another Morbius here. I mean, I'm still going to go see it whenever it releases, but I don't exactly have wonderful things to say about Morbius either. In any case, that is all the news for this week. Ah, August 1st, the day. The joy. The... <clears throat> webbing? Every year, on August 1st, social media comes alive with tributes to Spider-Man, his amazing friends, and the spectacular stories that are told in his world. People post videos, GIFs, comic book panels, screenshots from their favorite Spider-Man films, and of course, the memes that have become part and parcel of the popular culture. It's our way of memorializing one of the most popular superheroes out there and letting our collective Spidey flags fly in joyous fashion. But when exactly did we start celebrating Spider-Man Day? How did it become the custom to break out our own homemade web shooters and let loose with our love for the old webhead? Why do we celebrate this day on August 1st? 
of all days. I did a little bit of digging, and while I wasn't able to find all the answers I was looking for, I'm happy to share what I did find and what I do know. For those of you who are here in the live stream, you are about to see me change to another windowed setting here, and I'm showing off some of the web pages that I have found in my internet sleuthing to figure out when Spider-Man Day became what it is today. The earliest instance of Spider-Man Day being acknowledged, that I could find at least, was on August 1st, 2012. It is on a blog post by someone by the name of Jerry LaRue, and the blog entry is Celebrating Creepy Crawlies on Spider-Man Day. And this is an imperfect acknowledgement because it does he does mention other sources that say that August 1st is Spider-Man Day. That suggests that Spider-Man Day predates 2012, but, and, and I believe he says it in the first sentence, I'm not sure how official it is, but according to various sources on the web, today is Spider-Man Day. So while I haven't been able to find, you know, he just kind of goes in uh, from there. And, um... It's it's kind of one of those one of those things that I found by doing many different searches on Google for Spider-Man Day. I used the Internet Wayback Machine trying to find mentions of Spider-Man Day on various websites, and this was the earliest iteration that I can find where someone basically says, "Okay, this day is Spider-Man Day." It seems pretty recent, all things considered. It's only about 11 years back, but it suggests that there's at least one year previous that that could have been the case. We just don't know. And I certainly couldn't find anything from 2011. Now, later in 2012, though, during New York's uh, Comic-Con, Steve Wacker and the, what is it, the Commissioner of Media and Entertainment for New York City basically kind of came to the Marvel booth on October 14th of that morning and basically announced that that day was Spider-Man Day. Now, I don't know if that was just specific to the con or the city or what. All I do know is that there was basically, in 2012, there was like a conflicting idea of when Spider-Man Day was. There was August 1st, and then there was October 14th. Now, there have been plenty of posts since then where August 1st is firmly established as the Spider-Man Day date. However, this is a blog post right here from 2013, where the blogger basically calls October 14th Spider-Man Day. So this is, again, 2012, we had an acknowledgement of Spider-Man Day on August 1st. Then in October, at New York City Comic Con, on October 14th, they declare that that day is Spider-Man Day. Then in 2013, we have a blogger who has picked that up and run with it. However, by the time we get to 2014... Sources like the Houston Chronicle are basically acknowledging that Spider-Man Day is on August 1st. And so that seems to be, the August 1st date seems to have kind of snowballed the, the October 14th uprising, if you will. And I think since 2014, 
we have simply had the kind of shorthand acknowledgement that this is Spider-Man Day, and that's just kind of the way that it's been since then. And that is a-okay. Um, I am happy for the confusion to be gone, but I think uh, I think that that tiny little conflict, at least at the beginning, was really, really interesting and I think deserves uh, a little bit of, of notice. Now, there are some sources on the internet that incorrectly assert that Spider-Man Day was established on August 1st, 1962, in order to commemorate Spider-Man's first appearance. Uh, that is, d do not believe those people. I'm not talking about... I'm, I'm talking about Spider-Man Day, the celebration. I'm not talking about Spider-Man's first appearance in comics, which is not August 1st anyways. And we'll get into that in a second. But I believe, let me think, I believe like this one, National, uh, National Spider-Man Day on the Days of the Year website. Uh, where is it? There is some, there is, it's written somewhere that says that it was August 1st, 1962. And, uh, okay, this might not be it, but I thought it was. Okay, well, anyways, Spider-Man Day is not as old as Spider-Man itself, and I think that's worth noting. I feel like Spider-Man Day is a fairly new, unofficial holiday. Again, it's one that I love celebrating. For me, almost every day is Spider-Man Day. But it is definitely, like, it is not when it was established. It's even debatable if Spider-Man's first appearance was on August 1st. Uh, Spider-Man's actual first appearance is actually a matter of some debate. There are some sources that cite August 10th as the day that he appeared because August 10th is the cover date of Amazing Fantasy 15. The thing with that is that those cover dates are not intended to be for the reader. They're actually for the newsstand. Those dates are established as dates that the newsstand needs to clear them from the newsstand so that they can make room for the more recent issues that come out. And this is established in James Whitbrook's really well done article, which is entitled, Why Do We Celebrate Spider-Man Day on Probably the Wrong Day? So what does that mean? Well, generally what that means is that August 10th was probably the last time of the last day that Amazing Fantasy 15 was on the newsstands during that time. How much time would the magazine or the com the comic, how much time would the comic have had? It would have had about two months on the newsstands. So a lot of comic book historians think that the likely first appearance of Spider-Man occurred sometime around June 5th, 1962. Now, the reason that we celebrate Spider-Man Day on August 1st, however, is because that cover date is kind of a big indicator, even if it doesn't indicate what people think it does. And then the other thing is that August 1st is just really easy to remember, and so it just makes a very nice shorthand for being the day that we want to celebrate Spider-Man. 
And I think that that works out pretty well. I think that overall we, um, we, we've done a good job of kind of hewing to that. And uh, whenever August 1st comes around, you know, social media just lights up with, with hey, happy, happy Spider-Man Day. I, I, do it, I do it as well, and hopefully you guys do also. All right, so with that kind of sleuthing done and out of the way, we're going to go into a few Spider-Man creation facts. I imagine if you're listening to a Spider-Man podcast, you may know some of these already. But that is a-okay because um, they're always fun to go over. So when Spider-Man was first created by, you know, Stan Lee, when he approached the publisher with the idea of Spider-Man, it, it was initially met with resistance, if not outright hostility. The publisher, uh, Martin Goodman, I believe his name was, uh, he had big issues with Peter Parker and Spider-Man as Stan had presented him. No one likes spiders, he says. No one is going to care for spiders. They're creepy. Like, that's just not going to fly. He also had issues with the idea of a teen being the main protagonist, the actual hero, and not a sidekick, as teens were typically portrayed alongside superheroes, like Robin comes to mind and you know, Bucky, I guess, comes to mind. That was a big change that caused a lot of consternation to the publisher. And they're like, I don't think that's a good idea. I don't, I don't think people want to read that. Finally, they had issues with why anyone would possibly want to know about their personal problems. Like, you know, superheroes don't have personal problems. Why are people going to want to read about, you know, him not being able to, to make rent or, you know, his, his, his love life or anything like that? No one cares for that sort of thing. So as a result of all of this resistance and pushback, the story uh, was put in the final issue of, I think, what was then Amazing Adult Fantasy. But for that final issue, they changed the title of it to Amazing Fantasy. So this story, which Stanley was just kind of like, mm, I really want to tell this. And they're like, well, we really don't want to sell it. But here, you can put it in this magazine and it'll shut you up and you'll get it out of your system. So it goes into Amazing Fantasy number 15. And as most of us probably know, the rest is history. Sales figures eventually came back for Amazing Fantasy 15, which had apparently done extremely well. And the publisher's tune changed immediately. And I love watching Stan tell this story. He, he does a wonderful job of telling it because he basically says everything that I've said, but a lot faster and a lot better than I've done it. And uh, Spider-Man became a hit. And he's like, uh, he got his own monthly series, The Amazing Spider-Man, and that comic is going even today, even though it has gone undergone many volume changes. So, another interesting fact, uh, Steve Ditko was the co-creator of Spider-Man as the illustrator. And he designed the Spider-Man costume. Uh, he's the one that conceptualized the web shooters. I believe Jack Kirby had also mentioned something like his web would have come from like a gun or something, which I have to admit, I would have been interested to see how that played out. That, that would have been, hmm, that would have been something. 
Now, Steve Ditko did not draw the cover for Amazing Fantasy 15, which is a very famous cover. Uh, that honor actually does go to Jack Kirby, but Steve Ditko did ink it, but it's usually the penciler that is the one that establishes the style. And I feel like that, well, I mean, that cover speaks for itself. It is very famous. Everyone wanted to read it as the sales figures show for Amazing Fantasy 15. We're going to go ahead and move into the cultural impact of Spider-Man. And simply put, uh, Spider-Man has become a beloved character for multiple generations of fans. As you can tell by simply looking at the sheer volume of media featuring the character. He's on stickers, toys, artwork, Funko Pops, lamps, mugs, drinking glasses, enamel pins, and even clothes. I'm gesturing to the compression shirt that I'm wearing for this episode. You can read, watch, and even play the wall crawler in just about any way you want. To say that Spider-Man is a pop cultural phenomenon with a deep impact on the cultural psyche of the world is putting it pretty lightly. The Amazing Spider-Man comic has been so popular that Spider-Man has at times gotten additional titles that ran alongside it. Uh, some of these titles include Web of Spider-Man, The Spectacular Spider-Man, Spider-Man Unlimited, and even a plain old adjectiveless Spider-Man. Uh, Spider-Man has been appearing in televisions in both animated and live action form since 1967. From the deliciously iconic and memeable Spider-Man cartoon to the oft-forgotten live-action outing The Amazing Spider-Man, featuring Nick Hammond as Peter Parker, to the currently upcoming Spider-Man freshman year, there's no shortage of ways to see the wondrous webhead on the small screen. And then... <laughs> and then there are the movies. Since 2002, there have been no fewer than 10 feature-length Spider-Man films, most of which have been blockbuster successes, pulling in hundreds of millions of dollars for Sony Pictures and delighting moviegoers everywhere. There are several Spider-Man-adjacent movies of varying quality that have spun off from characters who have traditionally had significant experiences with Spider-Man, including Venom, <clears throat> Morbius, and the upcoming Kraven the Hunter even if he's not in them. The wall crawler's influence on the movies can still be felt. Spider-Man has been appearing in video games since 1982. That's over 40 years. The character has featured in a number of adventures across a wide variety of computer, console, and handheld platforms over the years. Players can utilize Spider-Man's wondrous abilities, inventions, and fighting moves in a variety of ways in a number of titles over the last few decades. A small sample of some notable ones include Spider-Man vs. the Kingpin, Spider-Man and Venom Maximum Carnage, Spider-Man Shattered Dimensions, Spider-Man Unlimited, and, of course, Marvel Spider-Man, Marvel Spider-Man Miles Morales, and the upcoming... Marvel's Spider-Man 2. So as you can see, there are many other ways to consume Spider-Man content, including, I might add, listening to Spider-Man podcasts 
and even Spider-Man audiobooks. We're going to move into the way that you can celebrate Spider-Man Day. There are many ways Spider-Man fans and enthusiasts celebrate Spider-Man Day on August 1st, and one of my favorite things to do on this day is to scroll through social media and look at all the posts, pictures, and motion media tributes to Spider-Man. People like to sound off about how much they love Spider-Man on this day, and it's wonderful to follow along and just bask in the love. Many of the websites I've found have suggested plenty of other ways to celebrate Spider-Man Day, including watching Spider-Man movies or shows, dressing up and cosplaying as Spider-Man characters, playing a Spider-Man game, throwing a celebration party, and so forth. It's an unofficial holiday, and one of the best things about that is that people can and do choose to celebrate it in their own way to the extent that they want to celebrate it. As for me, I'll be at work on Tuesday, August 1st, and I'm going to celebrate Spider-Man Day at my library by holding several Spider-Man-themed programs and activities throughout the day. I'll show the movies all day on one of the screens I have, and we'll end the day with some Spider-Man trivia contests I've whipped up, and for which I'll have some prizes for winners who attend the events. It's come together very quickly, but I'm anticipating a good time. The evening, however, is when all of you might get involved. The Spider-Man trivia I've come up with is something I'll do a live stream contest for that evening. You can participate by coming to my YouTube channel, Spidey Librarian, and joining the live stream as we get the ball rolling. I might, and big emphasis on might, even have a prize or two for the winners. But even if it turns out to be for bragging rights only, it's still an excellent way to celebrate the wonder that is Spider-Man Day. Spider-Man Day is an excellent day to talk about why we love Spider-Man. There are many reasons to celebrate and love Spider-Man. He's relatable, he tries to do the right thing, he's willing to carry on in the face of hardship. Uh, many people mention Spider-Man's costume, power sets, and tendency to crack jokes when fighting dangerous adversaries as reasons to lionize him. The bottom line is that, over the years, Spider-Man has become synonymous with the idea of the hero we can all aspire to be that we theoretically all can be, and in this humble podcaster's opinion, it's only becoming more apparent how accessible he is. I've been asked on many an occasion why I like Spider-Man as much as I do. For me, most days are Spider-Man day. I have an endless array of Spider-Man t-shirts, compression shirts like the one I'm currently wearing, uh, and even fingerless Spider-Man gloves that I regularly paint and update. I have all kinds of collectibles on my Spidey Shrine, and I love watching the Spider-Man animated shows when I'm putting in my time on the treadmill. I truly do love this character. The most compelling reason why, simply put, is the concept of power and responsibility. 
Peter Parker's origin story has always resonated with me, even from a very young age. I remember watching his origin story on a cartoon, and I was always haunted by the idea that Peter's uncle died because Peter hadn't stopped a robber previously when he'd had the opportunity. I like that Peter is imperfect, that he has the capacity to grow and change, and that above all else, he helped crystallize for me the idea that those who have power have a responsibility to use it in a way that helps others. It's formed the backbone for my sense of morality, and I believe his ongoing stories will do the same for other Spider-Man fans for generations to come. And let's be honest, super agility, web swinging, and the ability to stick to walls are all pretty cool. Thank you for joining me in this run-up to the celebration of Spider-Man Day. I love this character, and I'm over the moon that he now has a holiday all to himself. I hope your own Spider-Man Day celebrations are full of joy and wonder, and that you'll end up having an amazing, spectacular, sensational, ultimate, and superior Spider-Man Day. And I believe that brings us to the end of the segment. If you enjoyed this episode of The Webline, please be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on my YouTube channel, simply named Spidey Librarian, where the podcast is live-streamed regularly and where I maintain a playlist for the live streams. The Webline is also available on audio providers, so when you see us on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or another such service, please leave a review and rating, and if you can, follow us. You can find me on my socials under the name Spidey Librarian on Threads, Twitter, Instagram, WordPress, and Twitch. Finally, if you'd like to shoot me an email, you can contact me at spideylibrarian at gmail.com, where I'll be happy to hear your thoughts, rants, and ideas. Who knows? Your email might be featured in an upcoming episode. Next Sunday, I'll be taking a brief break from live streaming the webline, but be sure to join us in two weeks the following Sunday, where I'll be undertaking my second retro review. The topic? The 2004 masterpiece that is Sam Raimi's Spider-Man 2. Thank you for listening, and until the next episode, I'll be wishing you a good day.